Hi, and welcome to Poetry Aloud. I'm your host, Hannah Russelo. On Poetry Aloud, I connect with other contemporary poets and read their work. We communicate back and forth over email or over Skype, and I ask them the following questions. Why did you choose these words? What were you feeling when you wrote this poem? What were you hoping to communicate? What would you like us to know about your poetry? Every week, I read one poem that they chose from their collection and one poem that I choose from their collection. Then I talk about their work and provide some insight into what they were thinking while writing and what I was thinking while reading. At the end of the show, I read some of my own poems and provide you with ways to join this little poetry community that I'm trying to create. Welcome to Poetry Aloud. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, I hope that 2022 will be a little bit better than 2021. Um, I'm excited to talk to you tonight about Rainio Wet's poetry um, and to get into Glorious Veils of Diane because it is definitely one of my favorite books that I've reviewed so far, so I'm really eager to jump into that. Um, before I do, I wanted to let you know that my short story... The Ghost Virus recently won the Gateway Reviews uh, Flash Fiction Contest, which is pretty awesome. Um, so if you get a chance, you can check that out on their website, gatewayreview.wordpress.com. Apart from that, I'm entering 2022 with some hope. I'm hoping to spend more time on my poetry, more time on my writing, and just recover from 2021. So that's my hope. And now without any further ado, let me jump right into Glorious Veils of Diane. I've decided to change the format just a little bit. I'm still going to be reading two poems, still be talking about them. Uh, one is chosen by the author, one is chosen by me, but I'm going to start with the poet's biography. I just think that makes more sense and kind of gives you context for the work we're about to read. So, uh, Rainey Owett is a non-binary trans femme writer of poetry and fiction for adults and younger readers. Her third poetry book, Glorious Veils of Diane, was published by Carnegie Mellon University Press in 2021. Their picture book, The Birthday Party, is forthcoming from Astra Young Readers in 2023. She received an MFA in poetry from Syracuse University, where she was awarded the Shirley Jackson Prize in Fiction. Read more of their work at rainyowett.com. And that's going to be R-A-I-N-I-E-O-E-T dot com. One of the really incredible things about Glorious Veils of Diane is that it's split into five distinct parts, and each part kind of speaks with each other. Uh, the book itself begins with the premise, just on January 14th, 1999, Diane disappeared. The poems that follow Jump Through Time, they aren't chronological, but they are thematically linked. Um, it's people from Diane's life, her mother, the girl next door, Diane herself, who describe this woman who has so many different um, facets to her that people are both fascinated and entranced by, and yet she is still so mysterious and ultimately not there, right? She disappeared. The poem that Rainey would like me to read is from part one, And the House Bursts Into Flames. All of the poems within these sections have similar titles. Sometimes the only difference is the date itself. And I think that lends another kind of 
interesting aspect to this book and to the repetitiveness and yet also the difference between um, Rainey's work here. So this poem is titled Blood, October 31st, 1998. Diane's Dracula cape catches fire as she dances round the bonfire, holding hands with the boy she likes, and the boy tries to run and people are trying to tell her, but she doesn't notice. She's grabbed his arm, pulls him close to lift off his glittering Venetian mask. He pushes his palm into her neck. She spins him around and he trips into the burning end of her long cape, and he used hairspray so runs into trees with his head on fire, screaming. Diane watches him diminishing through a photo square of her fingers. A kid throws a bucket of apple water on Diane. Her grandmother's black shirt sticks to her body. She crosses her arms over her chest. Two kids push her back and forth, ripping at her arms. Drenched, barefoot, she jumps through the side of the fire with a loud hiss, escapes through the woods. Home, she microwaves a soaked towel, wraps her face in it, stumbles up the stairs to draw a bath. Tracking mud, she knows. She can hear her soles sticking slap on the carpet and tile. She undoes her grandmother's shirt, button by button, peels everything off except the towel on her face and sits in the tub. Shivering, she waits for it to fill. She hears her mother calling her name, as if moving from room to room before each guttural, Diane. Diane takes off the towel and sees she's on her period, sees it slipping, mixing into the muddy water. She shudders, Diane, Diane, and folds herself down over her outstretched legs as far as she can go so her eyes are under the water, open. She waits for the water to cover her ears. She knows how to hold her breath for a long time. It's almost there, and there. She can't hear a thing but her heartbeat pounding the water and the roar of the water itself, like the roar of the fire. Diane's pulled up by her hair, her mother crouching at eye level, the bathroom door off its hinges, light spilling in. Diane, her mother says, who are you? Uh, Rainey wrote that she chose this poem. Um, this is what they wrote. Who is Diane when she is with others? Who is Diane when she is alone? There's lots of action, lots of fire, lots of mud. I actually really love this answer that um, Rainey gave me. It's short but sweet, and it kind of talks about the poetry book in total. The entire book is asking, who is Diane? And who is Diane when she's alone, when she's with others? And who is Diane to other people when they're alone and when they're with her? Um, and this poem really speaks to that. One of the main things I love about this poem is the juxtaposition. It begins with fire and passion, and it ends with cold water shivering. I think what's interesting about this poem as well is um, Diane's actions are, <laughs> well, at first it's unknown, right? She doesn't know that her cape is on fire. It says, quote, the boy tries to run and people are trying to tell her, but she doesn't notice, end quote. She's so in that moment of being with this boy that she loves and dancing and having this fire within her that when it's reflected in reality, when it is an actual fire, she doesn't notice because the fire within her is already burning so bright. Um, and Diane herself doesn't seem super worried about the fact that she's on fire when she realizes because the boy she's with catches fire, 
It says, quote, Diane watches him diminishing through a photo square of her fingers, end quote. In this moment, this is how she's processing what's happening. And it feels that there's this fire, fire, fire. And this is the way that this poem is written is that it's mostly um, prose. And the f it's two paragraphs. The first paragraph is all about the fire. And the second paragraph is about her being home and taking this bath. So there's a distinctness to these two parts of this poem that speak to Diane's selves. I love, too, that the poem ends with her mother forcibly pulling her out of her own world, right? She's underwater. She's looking at this. All she can hear is her own heartbreak and the rush of the water filling the bath. And her mother yanks her out of that and asks, who are you? And this is the recurring question. And the fact that her mother took her out of this world she had created for herself to ask her, who are you? Who are you to yourself? Who are you to me? Um, just feels really significant to me. Um, I'm really happy that Rainey chose this poem for us, for me to read today. All right. So the poem that I chose, I actually chose because it's really in direct conversation with the first poem. This poem comes in, so this poem is the beginning of part three, which is hands up and open in front of her face, a blur. The poem I'm going to read is also titled Blood, and I will talk about why I chose this poem, and especially in relation to the one that Rainey picked after I read it. Blood, September 15th, 1996. Small fingerless hands of smoke grab Diane when she turns her back and slam her against the refrigerator door. They are wrapping her eyes, throat, arms, stomach, ankles, hands. She breathes and feels her heartbeat and her heels on the cold tile. They manipulate her body to open the refrigerator door and drink milk from the jug sloppily. It runs down her shirt and braids and chest and knees onto the floor. They let her go. Diane puts back the jug and walks away. Small fingerless hands of smoke grab Diane when she turns her back and slam her against the white refrigerator door. They are wrapping her eyes, throat, arms, stomach, ankles, hands. They make her open the door and drink milk sloppily, milk spilling, drink milk, drink milk, drink milk, until she's drenched in sweat, the jug is empty, and she throws up near the sink, and even then small fingerless hands of smoke grab Diane, wrapping her eyes, throat, arms, stomach, ankles, hands, and slam her back against the hard refrigerator door, make her open it, make her drink, drink it, drink from the empty jug, and the emptiness spills everywhere as the lights hum and Diane falls to the floor, smells that something's been burning all this time behind the refrigerator, piles of dead ants. Small fingerless hands of smoke grab Diane when she stands up and slam her back down against the floor. They are wrapping her eyes, throat, arms, stomach, ankles, hands. She tries to scream for help. They cover her whole body and she feels herself moving somewhere, like milk. She feels like milk moving. And they let her go and she's in a room she's never been in before, a bedroom. She's wearing different clothes. The smoke hands are gone. She gets up and looks out the window. She's looking at her own house. Fire, she thinks, and nothing happens. Then she sees herself in the square kitchen window, in the blue refrigerator light, just herself, no hands of smoke, as the door opens and closes, just Diane writhing and drinking the milk, over and over, like possessed. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> you know, sometimes when I read a poem, it kind of feels like the poem's reading me, um, as stupidly cliche as that sounds. Um, and this was one of those cases. It really felt like the poem was in charge there when I was reading it, which is always a fun feeling. So, um, I picked this poem. Well, first of all, I picked it because I absolutely love it. Um, I star poems that I like when I read them, and this one had a big old star. But I'm actually really happy that this poem happened to speak so well to the poem that Rainey chose as well. Just the parallels are absolutely astounding. There's the repetition of the fingerless hands of smoke grabbing Diane in these different parts of her body. One of the other parallels between this poem and the first one that I read, um, obviously they're both titled Blood with different dates, um, and they're both prose poems. Not all of the poems in um, Glorious Veils of Diane are prose poems, but these two are, um, and I really like that. It gives them a sense of urgency, a sense of being overwhelmed, especially in this poem that I read. Diane isn't in control anymore. She's being puppeted. She's being possessed. She is completely at the mercy of this outside force that is grabbing her, forcing her to do things she doesn't want to do. Um, one of my favorite lines from this is, quote, the emptiness spills everywhere as the lights hum and Diane falls to the floor, end quote. I love this idea of emptiness spilling, overcoming, and especially since she already drank all the milk, right? And then she threw it up and now there's nothing left. And that emptiness is still trying to fill her still so much that it will not stay within her. It overspills. And then the poem ends with this fire again. And it's interesting that it's the smoke that's forcing her to do these things, right? The fingerless hands of smoke, which are the product of fire. And they're the ones that are holding her, forcing her to do these things. Diane, in this moment, is completely overtaken by smoke, by fire, mm -hmm. by these things that she continues to encounter throughout this entire book. These themes of fire and of Diane be losing control. And another part of this book is the fact that everyone else in Diane's life is observing her and seeing what she is doing and adding meaning to that. And so here in this poem, you really see that Diane doesn't have control over how other people perceive her. And in this poem, she doesn't even have control over her actions. She doesn't even have control over what she's doing. She's just at the mercy of this fire, um, whether that fire is within her, outside of her, whether it's in her family and her friends and those who interact with her, it's still there. And then the poem ends with Diane seeing herself, right? Quote, then she sees herself in the square kitchen window in the blue refrigerator light, just herself, no hands of smoke, end quote. Diane doesn't even know what sort of power is controlling her, if there even is a power controlling her. She has no concept of that. Goodness. I really do love um, Glorious Fails of Diane. I would 100% check it out. The two poems that I read are both titled Blood, um, but there are poems titled Blood Diary from grandmother's point of view, the mother's point of view, the girl next door point of view. Um, and this book is one that merits reading and rereading and rereading because it really is a web of interconnected images and thoughts and feelings that just one 
read through doesn't really do it justice. So um, I really want to thank Rainey for sharing this. I have a couple of more words that they gave me. So first of all, this poem comes from Glorious Veils of Diane, which can be published from your local bookstore at bookshop.org, Barnes and Nobles, or Amazon. George Saunders actually blurbed this book saying, quote, Glorious Veils of Diane is complex, mysterious, finely wrought, and formally daring. Rainio Wet is a young writer to watch, end quote. Yeah, I would agree with that, although I can't say that I'm <laughs> as cool as George Saunders. <laughs> okay, well, now comes the part where I read one of my own poems. All right, um, so the poem I read to you today is kind of the energy I'm hoping to bring into 2022. It was published in Dirty Girls Magazine, their very first issue. I would definitely check them out um, on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you, you know, do your social media thing. And this poem is titled Modern Witch. I'm easily recognizable by my tattoos, piercings, unshaving legs, unwashed hair, dripping sexy, dripping heavy, spooling love, spinning addiction. Be careful. Modern witches like me hold grudges. You don't want to cross me. I will turn my back on you and cast you out with the spiders. Your words will turn to sand crumbling out of your mouth, coating your tongue with dry specks of dirt. It's what I do. I'll cast a spell on you without hesitation. Make you always think of me when they play Toxic by Britney Spears. Make you buckle with me and quiver without me. Make you eat cobwebs for just the privilege of being near my supple flesh. Men are like cotton candy, so sweet in your mouth but gone too quickly. If after I have banished you, you come near my home, I will rip you to shreds. I will forsake you, ruin you, emasculate you. I don't need spells for that. I can just use my sweet tongue, the one you were fine using for your own benefit just a few days ago. It's so easy to break you down, and I will use my dark broom to sweep the rest of you out the door. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Poetry Aloud. If you like this podcast and everything that I do here, I'd really love it if you could leave a review um, wherever you listen to this podcast. It just you know, uh, gets it more traction, gets other people to see it and hear it. Obviously, you can also recommend it to a friend. And if you're interested in donating, you can go to my Ko-fi, uh, K-O-F-I, Pod. And um, if you want to just learn more about me and what I do, or if you want to submit your work, I do have quite a long list of people, but I can certainly add you to it. It just might be a while before you get featured. Um, but you can uh, either join my newsletter by going to hannahrusselo.com, H-A-N-N-A-H-R-O-U-S-S-E-L-O-T.com, or email me at hannahrusselo at gmail.com. And obviously I'll keep, I'll put these things in the episode description as well. So you can take a look there. I hope to hear from you guys. And uh, until then, keep writing. Music.